may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny This is a public broadcast on behalf of Ben James from View from the Ninian. At the start of the season, I suggested that Marlon Pack and Aidan Flint could find a new club. This was born out of frustration that I felt neither had reached the highs expected of them and that the way we played didn't suit their style. I now realise the error of my ways. Aidan Flint is playing like prime Sergio Ramos with neck muscles like a giraffe and Marlon Pack is bossing the midfield like prime Perlo but with a better haircut. More recently, I suggested that Aidan Flint should leave in January, but I can only express my regret and embarrassment at these statements. Aidan Flint should now be given the freedom of Cardiff. My belief in him is so strong and will never waver. He is God. In an olive branch to Aidan and to show my contrition, I'd like to offer him a gift up to the value of £95. I know he likes Supreme, so perhaps I can buy something from StockX or the next Supreme drop for him. Please let me know, Aidan. You have written your name into the folklore of this club and the streets will never forget. You are a £2 scruff, but you are our £2 scruff. Ben Price, how's the head? Um, I've been fresher, I'm not going to lie. What time did you go to bed? I went to bed quite early because Fee was... Yeah, this sort of shows the level of human being I am. Fee's out vaccinating, so she couldn't drink last night. I'm there getting shit-faced and just downing um, cans of um, Tiny Rebel for fun. Tiny so, Rebel, please sponsor us. Yeah, so we had nearly night, but um, yeah, I wasn't fresh and I was pretty pissed. Tom Phillips, um, do you want to regale the people of uh, people of the podcast listeners with your tales of debauchery last night? Yeah, I was put to bed at 20 past 11 by Sarah. Um, because I was playing up. Um, <laughs> at one point, I thought it was a great idea to put my face in the trifle that we had in <laughs> in the fridge. And there's a video of me singing Cardiff City songs with cream all over my face. Will um, that video see the light of day? I, I, I might try and put it in the Hall of Fame one week. Um, but yeah, I, I had a very sore head this morning. Um, my neighbours are fully aware that Shitty Swansea City went to see. <laughs> Pope, and they're fully aware of what he said back to them as well. So, yeah, an interesting day for me. Uh, yeah, I, I probably I, I went to bed about half one. Um, I got through a box of soul, uh, a, a half a bottle of prosecco. Um, yeah, I, m- luckily for me, my neighbours downstairs aren't in at the moment. They haven't moved in properly, um, so my screams at Aidan Flint and screams at the ninetieth minute. Um, they fell on deaf ears mainly, which is a shame. Which is a shame. But, um, I mean, what a day. I mean, what happened yesterday, Ben? Something big, right? Yeah. Um, it was all right, wasn't it? Nice, yeah. little, nice little win against that small team down the road. Finally shut those fuckers up. It was Swan, Swans alone, I believe they call them, Ben. I wouldn't call them that. What would you call them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it, it's, it's not. It's not as dignified, but let's cut the bullshit. That's what they are. Um... Ben, how's that sound? What was the result ever in doubt? Obviously, we went one 0 up quite early. Uh, eight minutes, I think it was. Held on for the, the remaining eighty-two. But were you ever worried that they were going to score? I had moments where my stomach dropped, but I don't think in a normal game they'd have bothered me as much. Mm-hmm. It's those sort of games that 
because you're so on edge and so nervous, a ball can whistle past the post about 10 yards away and you lay hands on your head and go, oh, fucking hell, sort of thing. <laughs> but realistically, no, there was, other than AU's header on, on the post, I never really thought, oh, fuck, they're in here. Um, for all the possession, all the shots they had, which I'm sure we'll get to, that they just did fuck all with it. And those centre-backs, what boys, what fucking boys they are. Tom, the um, same question to you, really. Did, were you ever as worried as, as I, you know, they talk about all the pressure they had being the superior team, but it, they, they didn't test Phillips much, did they? No, I think I was the right level of pissed to not be worried as well at that point. Like, I'd calmed my nerves. But, um, yeah, like, I remember looking at the clock with, like, quarter of an hour left, and I wasn't worried. It just felt like mm-hmm. we were going to see the game out. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we got away with them a little bit when, when they hit the post, but... Well, not be for we had other chances as well. Like I, I we had better chances. People, yeah, and I've heard a lot of people say like our draw would have been a fair result, but I, I don't think I agree with that. Like we we scored early and then we you know we parked the bus, we let them have the ball and they did nothing with it. And mm-hmm. I know that's just that's just a game plan executed perfectly. Yeah, they had a lot of the ball second half and arguably with a better team, but we just let them have it. Like I, well, I, that was the thing, was it? There was stay, I, I was going to come to this a bit later, but there was a lot of times where Ryan Bennett had the ball at the center of the at the center of the back, and he would pass it to his wing back, who would pass it back to Ryan Bennett. He'd go the other way, and it would come back to him. It was a completely non, you know, completely ineffective football. Yeah, it was. It was just perfect from us. Like we knew what they were good at, and we just stopped it. And we finally brought back the press that we saw against Derby and Bournemouth. It was mm-hmm. just perfectly executed. We pushed at the right times. We pushed as a unit. And going into the game, I was nervous. Like, I have never been that nervous going into a game before. But as soon as we scored, it just felt like it was our day. Yeah. Um, and because you looked at that back line when the when the team was announced. And to be honest, I, th- I think I messaged one of you saying that, that that's cagey. Like, I, I was a little bit nervous, especially with the talent they've got, a fullback. But they just, Joe Rawls, like, what the fuck? How was he? How was he done that? Like he's just well, you, a you model at, pro, isn't he? Like he's just good you, at everything he does. You look at our back five that started the game: Tom Sang, who's a midfielder now a right back; Morrison and Flint, who you know couldn't play together a year ago, um, but now they're playing together like I don't know Pallister and Bruce. You had Kieran Brown alongside him. I think it was Kieran Brown's potentially his first league start. I might might be wrong on that front or second league start. Uh, but, you know, he's never really started. He hasn't started consistently and he's only been playing really at left back. And then Joe Rawls, who's a defensive midfielder, who's played, what, at number 10 this season, DM, and now he's playing left back. And they've got people like, you say, like you say, Connor Roberts, who bombs on, who towards the end of the game, Ben, was basically playing as a winger. Um, I mean, it was... I don't know. I don't know how else you can say it, but it was a performance. It was a stalwart performance from the back five, wasn't it? It was just discipline. It was proper, pure discipline. Well disciplined. Just because Swansea, what Swansea were trying to do when they were knocking it across the back was trying to drag someone out of shape to exploit that sort of space. So you see, like Stefan Guardiola and like did it with Barcelona and stuff. Who? <laughs> Pep Guardiola. Never heard of him. No. Uh, he's not done much since. No, they knock so. it across, and obviously you'd have one player sort of go off, and they find the space and they exploit that space. But Swansea aren't good enough to exploit that, to pull that space out, and we were so disciplined and not giving them that even hint of the next that room. It was just brilliant. It was unreal to see, and just so made it so comfortable. Um, I'm going to talk about how effective Mick Ball is. I'm going to call it Mick Ball from now on, Tom. 
Um, so, you know, we heard we heard Steve Cooper after the game talking about being the superior team, and you looked at you know the, the top line possession stat was that they had seventy five percent possession, we had twenty five percent possession. But you start looking into the stats; they had twenty three shots overall, one on target. We had uh, nine shots, and I think there were seven on target. So you know the effectiveness there of what what Mick was doing is that you know we're, we're, we're higher percentages on the shots on target. Our accurate passes one hundred and twelve. <laughs> I mean, compared to their 505, uh, we conceded more fouls, so we shithoused our way. The most uh, astonishing thing for me was I don't think we had a corner all game. No, we didn't have one. Um, we didn't have a corner all game. But, like, it's, it's all well and good talking about possession. It's all well and good talking about how much ball you had. But it's what you do with it, isn't it? And that's what Mick is showing, right? Every time, yeah. you know, we had the more dangerous chances overall. We had two or three chances that could have won the game. And, and it was just whenever we went forward, we looked dangerous. Yeah. We don't waste time with the ball, do we? We, we, we don't have it very often. Yeah, exactly. We, we cause problems when we're in their area. Like, mm-hmm. we, like we see that from long throws. Like we see that from corners if, if we do have any. <laughs> if but, we have a corner. Yeah, it's just we're direct. We, we, we break. We catch them. Like they arguably could have had a man sent off when the keeper came out, but that came from a break again. Like mm-hmm. we just catch them when they're pressing, pressing towards us, and then we burst. And it just works perfectly. Like these people are saying, "Oh, you look at seventy-five percent possession." Who gives a fuck? At the end of the day, like that's not how you win a game of football, is it? You twenty-three shots because they were having pot shots from outside the box because they couldn't break us down. That's mm-hmm. why, and, and that one shot on target they had was in the ninety-third minute. Like, and that was from thirty yards as well. Yeah, like it, this is why I wasn't worried. Like in that game, I I, I didn't think I'd be calm, but I, I think the Modelo might have had. Just stole your senses. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's 505 accurate passes. 232 of those came in their own half. And Bennett, it comes back to what I just said about Ryan Bennett, right? There were so many times where our press pushed them back. So these passes were going backwards. Ryan Bennett would pass it out to his fullback, but they couldn't get out because our press was still so good. It's all well and good having a lot of passes, but it, they just didn't do anything with it, did they? It was very early Fulham last season when they sort of came to us, mm-hmm. just knocking it about, doing. I just had, like I said, haven't had a lot to do with Fokker with it. It's just, I don't get what the argument is for this kind of football. I really don't get the appeal because it's boring. Um, all right, it wasn't like the most pretty display from Cardiff yesterday, but we got the job done. And for Cooper to go back and sort of moan through his wonky teeth about how they were the superior team, it's just not the case, is it? Have It's just the whole sort of football manager sort of stato thing of saying the more possession we have makes you a better team it fucking doesn't it's covering his ass don't he we should have won a lot more comfortably let's be real right um without Kiefer sort of misreading it either they're down to 10 or we're 2-0 up and the game's well and truly over then in the first half it was just it was the perfect away display in a derby were you going to say something then Tom I I think it's the performance that our fans were looking for you know, we've come out of these derby games and people are saying like, there's a lack of passion. People don't know what the derby's about. They're not playing for the badge and stuff. But you saw yesterday when we scored, like the delight and the, the amount of swear words that were all... in that little yeah. huddle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it meant something. You could see, and you, you've got the good combination now of like Morrison, Rawls, who've been there now for a while. They know what it's all about. They've been around the club long enough. But then lunatics like Will Volks, who, you know, he, he, he lives for a game like that. And mm-hmm. it just, it was just the perfect concoction of it yesterday. Like, 
it was just so good to see. And you saw like tackles flying in. You saw people just like fist pumping and stuff. Well, and even 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 Bakuna, right? People see Bakuna as a soft touch, but he went in with that tackle. I think it was Grimes he went in for a 50-50 with, came up for the better party. And you could just from then you were kind of like, this is our day, right? If 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 players like Bakuna, who I think Bakuna is he's shown passion before when he's tried to fight Callum Patterson. But um, he's not known for those kind of stonking 50-50s. But he's going in there. And, like, if you see the, fo- the photo, it's probably 60-40 in Swansea's favour. And he comes away with the ball. And from then, it was kind of like, this is our day, right? Because we know that we've got, we want it more at the moment. And that's, that was refreshing to see, wasn't it? It felt like Ben, in the one in the Premier League, when ben, ben Turner, I can't remember where he clattered, but Ben Turner early on put that big hit in. And from then on, the players just got up for it after they started off a bit nervously. That felt mm. like that sort of moment again. Probably not as big of a hit, but it was just impactful and sort of got us up for it and sort of put them on the back foot going, oh, fucking hell. Um, look, there was a bit of fortune for us as well. Hurang going off when he did was just perfect because without him, they offered very little. AU sort of was controlled well by Morrison and Flint despite sort of the one chance he had. Um, losing Hurahan was a massive blow to them and they never really recovered. They never changed and I thought it was poor management from the sidelines. They never really update or sort of change their tactics. I spent most of the... F- when Hurahan went off, I spent about 50 minutes trying to figure out if his name, if you replace the C with a G, if his name was a anagram of gonorrhea. Because there's lots of H's in there and a few E's. And I was like, is Conor Hurahan an anagram for gonorrhea? It's a is nothing. I don't know if he's got gonorrhea. Um, but I was just trying to think about it. I mean, Tom, we talk about the two sliding doors moments in those games. Conor Hurahan going off obviously had an impact. But also, we've already touched on it already, the, the kind of woodman Kiefer Moore mistake. Um, I mean, let's listen to Harry Wilson's reaction to, to Kiefer Moore not putting the ball in the net. I mean, in your, in your opinion, Tom, should Kiefer Moore have gone down? No. He should he do the right thing. Yeah, he should have just put his laces through it. That's, that's yeah. the only mistake he made there. Because yeah. when you think about it, he got the shot off and it was blocked. So arguably, it's not a red card anyway, because there's cover. Double jeopardy, like, yeah. So he might not have got anything from it. It was definitely the right decision to stay on his feet. It's just Harry Wilson's a little shit house. I love him for <laughs> it. But he's always going to say that. We know what he's like now. But no, he should have just put more power behind it and it should have been 2-0 up. But... Uh- I think tired, my favorite part. Striker. My favorite part of that clip is the is is Harry Wilson's Wrexham accent coming through. <laughs> Red card. Red card. Red card. Um, and and Ben, you kind of touched on it. Conor Hurahan um, going off. I, again, that was the the bit of luck we needed in that first half, wasn't it? Because Hurahan has been, you know, he's he's a Premier League footballer. He, he's been brilliant for them since he came in. But him going off, it kind of. That was a bit like Bothroy going off in the playoff final, wasn't it? You could exactly. see their, their whole body language shifted a little bit. So, like, okay, this is all of a sudden a lot harder. The confidence drained out of them, sort of belief went when Hurahan comes off. Because, look, they make no, we'll take the piss and stuff and make no bones about it. Hurahan is a fantastic player. And mm-hmm. Swansea are lucky to have him. He should be playing in the Premier League. Um, <clears throat> he's done wonders from since he's come in. And so, to lose a player like that is going to affect you. And, look, in some, some derbies, you need that bit of luck. They had it last derby when um, who was it should have got sent off? Um, right, uh, Bennett. Bennett, right, yeah. Bennett. Bennett should have gone, got sent Russell off. Russell Martin. <laughs> they had that bit. They had that bit of luck. There we had the bit of luck of one of their players going off, like their best player going off today. Uh, yesterday, sorry. The one player I was disappointed was Gurhi. Uh, I, I expected more from him because he is a hell of a player as well. He's probably. I think he's. 
I think he's been out injured. So I think it was his first game back or his first start at least for a little while. And I'm surprised right. they got rid of Cabango. Because that, that was the one for me. To be no, honest. I see. I thought that was going to happen because I'd have loved to have seen Kiefer Moore up against him in the derby like that. He'd have absolutely, he'd have battered him. But I, but I also I just think Cabango would have been up for it a bit more. I think Gurhi has he just looked a little bit I don't know a little bit detached from the game somewhat. And I think Cabango being a Cardiff boy player for Swansea would have been bang up for it. Go on, Tom. I cut you off. Yeah, I, I, I looking at the reaction on Twitter as well as a few Swansea fans who feel the same. They they thought it was the ideal game for Cabango to come in. I don't stay in the team, and they were shocked to see him on the bench. But I'm not going to moan. Like I, I was worried when I saw Whitaker um, on the on the team sheet. I thought, all oh, right, he might cause us some problems here. I thought that was quite a, a, a bold move from Swansea to play him. But it was a bold the stewards busy, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he had a couple. He had a couple of moments, but nothing I mean, that our makeshift back five can handle. It's, I, I was going to say, fair play to Steve Cooper for showing faith in someone like Whitaker because it was his first league start, I think, for Swansea. Putting him in, literally throwing him in at deep end. Apparently, the Swansea fans um, uh, have been clamouring for it, trying to get him involved, all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, you put him up against Flint and Morrison, they're just going to bully him out of the game, aren't they? Which they did for most of it. Yes, he had the, the that, that chance that just slid past the post. But that, again, that was a snatch chance that came from kind of, out of nowhere. He didn't create anything really himself. And he looked a bit, you know, he looked a bit out of it, really. So, I don't know. I, I think it was a bit of naivety from Cooper in a, in a big game to kind of throw him in at the deep end. And, you know, Jamal Lowe scored two against us last time. Why not just bring him back in? He'd have been bang up for it. Yeah, but there we go. Shit for the rest of the He has been shit. He hasn't scored basically since then, has he? So... No, he went on a little um, run and he scored like five and five. And he hasn't scored in about 13, Four, I think. 14 it is. games. 14 games, games now, not scored. Um, I think a couple of players have come in for particular praise on Twitter. Uh, we'll talk about those now. I think Tom Sang. Um, ben, I mean, why the fuck wasn't he playing under Harris? It just honestly makes... It annoys me that we spent so long suffering with Bakuna. And it wasn't his fault. I'm not slagging Bakuna off, but suffering with Bakuna at right back when we had Tom Sang out on loan, who we didn't get rid of straight away. Like, he was at the club when Offside Tutu got injured mm-hmm. first time. He was an option then that we never really took up. And he also for us went, to... went, went to Cheltenham and didn't really play. Yeah, I think he only made about 10 appearances before he came Yeah, back. but even, they, they said he sort of did all right. It's just, I think part of what Mick's reasoning was, I think I read on Wales Online, was that he likes him in the right wing back position because he's got more time on the ball to do stuff with it. He gets it that you get more space and more time that you don't really get in the centre midfield. And you can totally see how that works. The passes, he, like we did, admittedly, like we said, we didn't sort of go wild with sort of chances created, but we took our chances when we did. But his just the simple passes and finding the space and sort of creating runs, mm-hmm. he's a really, really good option to have a right wing back now. And for a bloke that we sort of wondering where does he fit in. Is he a player that's going to make it into this squad? He's suddenly pushing himself into first team contention. He's probably just unlucky that he's found Perry he's Hinch. found himself in this place when Perry, we've got Perry and G coming through the door. Yeah, I mean, if you're someone like Osse Tutu, you must think, well, what's the point of me coming back now? He's been injured all season. You're going to be behind NG because there's no way you can drop NG, and he's probably behind Sang now in the pecking order. Um, but I, yeah, that's it for me as well. It's just that composure. He's he's got 21, 22, and he's playing like he's been playing championship football, like NG. He's been not thrown in at deep end, but he's come in and he's just doesn't look out of place, playing as if he's been playing championship football his whole career. 
Um, and it, 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 we'll, we'll talk about Bakuna next um, as well. But it just it just begs the question, really, what Harris was doing with him, really. And Tom, I, I don't. I, I was just talking about Kieran Brown next. Um, obviously, Kieran Brown. There was a bit of worry about him. You said at the start, you KG KG centre backs, but he didn't look out of place yesterday either, did he? No, he's absolutely solid. Like I can't fault him. He put some like big tackles in as well. He just looked composed. Like um, it makes me a bit more confident going forward now. Do you know what I mean? Like the, these players, that that is the tough one of the toughest tests they're going to have is a derby game away from home. And if you can stand up in a game like that, then they should be fine in other games. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think like um, with Tom Sang though, like I, I I'm not sure you can blame Harris too much for it because he's not a right back. Perhaps he perhaps he should have tried in there. But it, I think I think Mick has landed on something there that could have it could have equally have gone the other way. Do you know what I mean? Like, but I, you know, we tried. I think I think Bakuna did an all right job, to be honest. Uh, our right back, I thought he was all right. I, he wasn't setting the world alight, but I thought he was dependable enough. But yeah, Tom Sang was another level. To be fair to him, I just think it's there must have been something there originally, right? Because you don't just go Tom Sang, you're now playing right back. It was kind of if and. If, if you're Harris and you're looking at your options and you go, we've only got Bakuna, I, I just don't understand what, what he wasn't seeing in training. Because Sang was training with the first team last summer. He was involved. And, and and again with Brown, I understand why Brown went away on loan to Scotland because he wanted more game time. He probably wanted to play. But now he's come back in and there were times where we were struggling at centre-half um, under Harris. It's kind of like, why did you send him away? Why did you not just think, why not just keep him for six months and then send him away after six months if that's what you want to do? Like, but it's perfect keep him though, isn't it? Send him away though. He gets that game time. He gets it. It's a, you know, it's a of tough course, league. Of course, it's decent football as well. And like, I, I don't think he'd be as good as he is now if he hadn't had that loan spell. I think that was, I think yeah, that I was think, the right decision. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, dis, I don't necessarily disagree with the decision. Well, it but it sounds like you do, Ben. All I was, all I'm saying is that, like, if you wanted to see how Brown would perform, and if you could anticipate. You know, there were times where we've had we've had injury injury problems all across the back line. Why not keep him around for a bit and then do it the other way? Send him away for six months and just you know see if he see if he can get into the. He season. had what? he had to go in August though. He had to go by the end of the window, didn't he? Because it's an international transfer because he played up in Scotland. That's what I think. That's the sort of situation. yeah. But he could have gone in January, is what I'm saying. Yeah, true. Um, just you were saying about like McCarthy. Like, I don't think the Sang situation is an accident either. It's not like Mick stumble up on that and sort of got into it. He was playing. He, um, as soon as McCarthy came in, I think the next week, Sang was playing for the under twenty threes at right back. So it's not okay. like it's a sort of situation where McCarthy's looked at him in training. Yeah. Gone, Fuck it, he can fill a void. No, this is a long term development plan for Sang. As, I think McCarthy sees his future as a right back, not a centre midfielder. So he's, he's he's too good just to have been thrown in at the deep end. You know what I mean? There has to have been something there. Um, and talking about the players starting at the deep end, obviously yesterday we saw Rouse at left wing back. We put Bakuna in the attacking role. Um, Bakuna could have almost scored, uh, put himself about and ran himself into the ground for the 60 minutes. But Rouse, we talked about it at the start, and I think Rouse tweeted basically, or he said it after the game in the in the press conference, that he played anyway, just wanted to play in the game. I'm pretty sure he's probably playing goals and do a good job there. Um, ben, obviously not accustomed to playing left wing back, but he did a job, didn't he? And he, he put in a real shift. He's up against a solid international footballer in Conor Roberts and made him anonymous for probably 88 minutes of that game. I thought he was just so solid and so composed. There was a couple of minutes we saw he drift inside, sort of back into that centre midfield role, and then he realised, oh shit, I need to get straight back out there. Um, but for a bloke that's sort of what, when was the last time he played left back? The first season in the Malky? I think so, he played, yeah. He played a was... game or two there. Um, 
for him, that's the first time he's been there. What a performance that is. Because we, I think, I can't have been the only one concerned when you sort of see that team sheet come out and you see, right, Riles, we've either gone to a back four or Riles is playing left wing back. And mm. look, I love Joe Riles and I think the world of him, but I wasn't filled with confidence at that point. I was thinking, oh, fucking hell, this could be a long afternoon. But so comfortable, so composed and just, yeah, never really in danger, was it? Sort of all the stuff from Swansea came through the middle. I think, I think though, it's like Mick has got a system and people know their roles. And mm. I think that's what's where, where we're benefiting. Like people are having to fill voids, but everyone knows how the system works. Everyone knows what's expected from each role, where there's a lot of tinkering with Harris. He didn't stick to a plan for more than two games in a row if it wasn't working. No. Where now, it's just obvious what we're doing, how we're pressing, how we're setting up. So people can just slot in and they know exactly what's coming. And we're benefiting from it. Even with injuries, we're still looking solid. It's brilliant. Um, I, I want a word to Bakuna as well. Um, obviously, like we said, we, he played a right back for a lot of the season, Tom. Um, but he's he's kind of flourishing somewhat in that attacking role. He put himself about yesterday, got forward a couple of times, got through, had... Um, there was that cross that Moore put in that he just couldn't quite reach. He had that volley, which, um, you know, maybe he could have taken an extra touch with, but it was it tested Woodman. He got it on target. Um, I feel like Bakuna's coming up to, what, three three seasons with the club now? Uh, just over three seasons. He's quietly going about his business, but he's he's a quality player for us at times, isn't he? Yeah, he puts himself about. Like, he, he doesn't... You can't fault his effort. He's always there or thereabouts when, when people are looking for a pass and stuff. And... Yeah, he does the odd daft thing every now and again, but you can forgive him that. Like, yeah, it, it's just trying to, trying to find kind of Patson. Yeah, that, that possibly is one of them. Yeah, um, but yeah, you can't fault him. Like, and he's again, he's benefited from being back where he wants to be playing as well. To be fair, he, he didn't moan. He got on with the job when he was at right back, and ninety percent of the time he did all right. He's again, he got caught out by some of the better players in the league at times. But mm-hmm. now, yeah, he's just flourishing where he wants to be playing, and we're and you know we need those legs like Bakuna up there in the press that we're playing and he, he works perfectly in that role. And 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 Ben it kind of it complements things, right? The way we're playing at the moment, we've got Ojo Murphy, Bakuna and Wilson to fit in that kind of those two roles that play there. Any any combo of those players is pretty good for championship level. But in, in the Mick McCarthy system, they all seem to be flourishing in different ways. You've seen Murphy with more confidence. I think Ojo is changing his game ever so slightly, but has still been getting assists and goals in that time. And it's that's what we want to see, isn't it? We want to see options and different ways of playing in, in the same system. Yeah, you've got a system, but you've got players that can do completely different things in that system. So if plan A isn't working, you can go to plan B without changing the whole team around. Mm-hmm. Each and, and what's nice is each one of those four players is capable of winning the game on their own. Mm-hmm. So you saw Bakuna with Derby finally getting two goals and getting on the score sheet. Um, Harry Wilson, mm-hmm. that if anything, we should be seeing more of it from him. Not yesterday, it's not, that wasn't what his job yesterday, but from the rest of the season, I think we'll want to see more of from Wilson, sort of his ability to change games. Josh Murphy's a 12, 11 million pound player and it's been a different man since he's come in. And Ojo, at times, the season's really, really shown his quality and at times outshone Harry Wilson. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mixed buzzing with that. It's just a shame we haven't got someone that can replace uh, Kiefer at times, but it is what it is in that situation. Poor old Kiefer Moore. And we'll talk about him when it comes to the international breaks. Obviously, we talk about players needing a rest during that time. Um, kind of rounding off, well, we could talk about Swansea forever, actually. I don't give a shit. Um, we... We talked about it at the, st- at the top of the roundup, but I think, Tom, the question here is, was that the archetypal Cardiff performance? We had Volks being a shithouse. Um, he kind of was a bit, was it Ful- Fulton? Um, I think he put in a nice little tackle on him early on, let him know he was there. We had Flint and Mosby in massive at the back. 
more pestered them and ran his ass off. You know, Rolls was getting stuck in. Um, you couldn't really pick out a, a man of the match, although I think there were two clear, you know, at the end of the game, Morrison and Flitwick was probably one of them, really. But it was just a proper kind of performance, isn't it? Like you say, we were big, ugly, and it's what fans want to see. Like, if you'd asked, well, it seemed like the whole of South Wales had a, a bet on 1 0 Flint. Yeah, because, me included. Like, all, yeah, you included. Like, I think we knew as a fan base, it was one way we were winning that game. It was never going to be goals, goals, goals in this derby. It was going to be one goal either way, and it was going to be one of our big men who scored it. So it, came, mm-hmm. it didn't come to a shock to anyone when I know Flint hasn't scored in a year, but it still wasn't a shock to anyone. Like we said on one of the other podcasts, he was due a goal and it's come now. And yeah, that's why it's the archetypal performance. It's what we expect from us. We're hard to beat, we're hard to break down. We'll put in the odd shift house tackle here and there. We'll wind people up. And it's going back to that kind of like niggly card, if I were used to seeing it. What we, we were craving when, when Harris was there, where he was trying to get us to play decent football. We're not very shite, good. Shite no, that. Good Passing shite. Wants, yeah, that, we don't want to watch decent football. Fuck it. Um, no, it was perfect. And like that's what you want in a derby game, isn't it? Like a few shit houses, some solid centre-backs. It just ah, it gets me excited, football like that. Gritty. Well, we'll, talk, we'll talk about Sean Morrison and his, his, his performance in a bit more detail. I mean, yeah, if you were listening to BBC Radio Wales on Friday night, you would have heard me predict a 1-0 win in a scrappy game. Um, we talked about it on the last pod that we, I think I said what maybe one nil or two on the last pod. I can't remember, but we knew it would be a close one. Um, and, and kind of rounding off the game last night before we get into the the wider Sean Morrison debate, um, Ben Dylan Phillips. Uh, it, it, it was a it was a different performance from him last night. Um, some of his kicks to work to Mick McCarthy's liking, as um, as we found out after the game. But he was under pressure from corners. They boxed him in at times, but he was still getting his hand to it. The the one save he had to make from that Whitaker shot. Palmed it away with a strong arm, out of danger. Um, he's he's only been at the club for say you know uh, since the, since the summer, and he's only been really been playing the last couple of months. But feels like he's he's on his way to the top, doesn't it? He's a very very good keeper. Um, just the way you dealt with sort of the different set pieces from Swansea. Swansea put a lot of work on training ground for those set pieces to make it as difficult as possible for uh, Phillips. They clearly thought he was going to be the weak point in that, and he proved them wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of. That one was sort of they all boxed around him and he managed to get a glove to it to push it away, not just like drop it into the box and push it to the edge of the box. That's mm-hmm. fantastic goalkeeping. That's such strength and such sort of, again, like every other player, determination and just commitment to winning that ball. Um, mm-hmm. Just, yeah, like you said, the only flaw he's got is kicking. Um, and I think from the way McCarthy reacted at the end of the whistle, to, uh, Andy Dibble, I think that's going to be worked on over the next week or so. <laughs> I, I, I don't think his kicking's bad. I just think it was wayward, wasn't it, in the in the later stages of yesterday's game? It was he, rushed. Yeah, he gets distance on it, and I think maybe that was the pressure getting to him somewhat. But if it's his kicking that's the bad thing and not his shot stopping or whatever, then that's something you can work on, right? Um, yeah, I think to your point about Mick McCarthy, um, I'm just trying to find the quote now. <laughs> um, when he kicked an Eric kick, Mick McCarthy went, you are such a fucking twat. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently it was tongue-in-cheek. And then there was another one, and he said... Um, pick the fucking thing up, you. Um, so yeah, I think Mick McCarthy's going to be getting him on the trade around to work on his kicking. But if that's the only criticism of him, like I mean, Etheridge, we didn't know if he was left or right foot because he was so bad with both. Phillips, at least you know he could boot it a long way, and he's going to get something behind it. It was just a bit of pressure, I think, that got to him yesterday. Yeah, um, he had one that cleared near enough cleared the pitch, didn't he? Yeah. Sort of last pa- two minutes, he absolutely fucking just the foot went through it. It was a hell of a kick. But um, yeah, it's just that's the only thing he needs to work on. And I think then we're going to be 
just in a situation of how long are we going to keep him? Um, yeah. We've had a steal from Charlton. The fact he sort of didn't play towards the end of his time at Charlton because of stupid politics as well blows my mind. Because he, if he had played, I'd imagine they wouldn't have gone down. <laughs> it's crazy. No, he's like we saw it early in the season, right? He saves you points at his own. Two penalty saves in a row. Uh, last night's save against Whitaker. I mean, other, a lesser keeper might have let that in, but we just know he's so solid. It's mental as well the way football works out, isn't it? You, we've waited so Smithy's bided his time and waited so long to get in that side. Push is that an international keeper, the keeper was contender for Premier League, sort of mm. keeper of the year, and then one illness at Leeds, uh, uh, not Leeds, sorry, one illness uh, leads to him sort of falling out of the side completely again. A funny turn, fucking raging. Yeah, he must be livid. Um, I wanted to reserve a bit of a... I've, I've, I've just got it as debate uh, in the agenda. Um, and it's, you know, I think I think more, I think think more. We're, we're falling even more in love with Sean Morrison at the moment. But I just wanted to ask the question, Tom, Ben, I, this is an open forum, guys. No, no stupid opinions here. Is Sean Morrison our best captain in kind of the modern era of football? Um, we saw yesterday he played with that huge blister on his foot. Pulled his calf at 50 minutes in, but popped about what looked like seven or eight ibuprofen at once and just got on with it. He leads the team, like he leads the team so well at the moment. Like, you know, you got people like Kieran Brown alongside in Perry NG that he's talking to you here. Um, I think Osei Tutu said at the start of the season that Morrison's always talking to them. He's he, he gets what the club's about. You saw it in his post-match interview and, and his reaction to the the final whistle, Tom. Um you, you look at recent captains we've had. Is is Sean Morrison now? ahead of them or is he on par with our best captains how do you view his captaincy at the club at the moment i i think he's fantastic i think i think he is the best captain we've had in the modern era because you know he's taken us to the premier league but he's been he's been here for so long now as well he's been he's had a hell of a stint here and he's been a he's been at the center of everything good that we've done and mm -hmm. he's a character as well do you know what i mean he's just he's a cardiff character we like that sort of yeah, person, don't we yeah exactly he's the exact type of player to play for Cardiff. It's the ones that fans get on board with. He's, he's got a little bit of a screw loose. He's hard as nails. He scores goals. Lovely like, hair. Yeah. Like the, like the goals he scored a hull away, for example. Like what the fuck was he doing in that box? But he was there. And it's just, he's just that type of player. You don't know what you're going to get from him. Sometimes he puts a 30 yard run in through the center of the pitch, but he's mm -hmm. just so solid. And I, uh, yeah. And he, I, but he's my favourite player for Cardiff for a long time. He's absolutely fucking brilliant. And he was, yeah. and, the, and the thing is, he had a bit of stick as well. Like, At the start. There was a lot. Well, we, we always do it to our centre-backs. Yeah. But a lot of our fans did not take to him. And they were not convinced. I got in an argument at Birmingham away with a Cardiff fan about it. When we were, going on, we were on a ridiculous unbeaten run and hardly conceded a goal. But people just didn't take to him. Um, but I, I, I've got no complaints about he's, anything he's done for us. He's, he, he's unbelievable, man. His, his commitment to play playing through injury is insane. I think last year he was playing with two broken wrists. This year he was playing with, you know, yesterday he played through with his calf injury. He was playing with, um, uh, what else What else did I say? That blister on the back of his foot. Um, ben, we, we obviously spoke quite recently with Mark Hudson, who I think is, when you look back, he's probably the captain that's on a, on a level with him, the way we look at him. Um, for me, I think Mark Hudson, the, the only reason Mark Hudson maybe doesn't, doesn't get, well, doesn't come up to the Sean Morrison standards is because the way his, his career at Cardiff ended, like he didn't really play beyond that, that Premier League season. He fell out of favour a little bit, fell out with Solskjaer and the red kick clouds things. As much yeah. as he was a fantastic captain, I think the red kick clouds him. If we had those two in the centre-back, we'd have two proper leaders, wouldn't we? 
They lead in different ways, though. Hudson's yeah. your sort of inspiration, sort of on a pedestal leader, whereas sort of Morrison's the sort of leader that gets down in the down in the trenches with you and sort of battles out with you. They're two very different leaders. For me, Hudson Hudson will always be my favorite Cardiff captain, just for the way of the, mm-hmm. like the kind of bloke he was. He seemed like a proper elite leader, um, and yeah, I just I love Hudson. Never sort of it's a personal bias. I don't think. There's much between the two at all, but for me, sort of Hudson steals it. But Morrison, what an absolute fucking warrior! And look, this two we're comparing them as captains, but also as centre backs. So this yeah. Cardiff career is scarily similar. Sort mm. of came in sort of un. But no, neat, people weren't exactly buzzing when Hudson signed. People weren't exactly buzzing when uh, Morrison signed. Both times it was sort of fucking hell. How much should we pay for him in the first year? Yeah. And they went on to captain the club to promotion and to great things. Um. Morrison probably edges it on uh, uh, just the time he's at the club in that sort of sense. He's just being phenomenal and sort of some huge, huge moments for us. He's, just he's, what a bloke. What a bloke. Yeah, what a bloke. I, I mean, he's he's 30 years old now. He's been at the club since 2014. I mean, I, it feels like he's settled here. It doesn't feel like he's going anywhere, Tom. I mean, we're, we're talking, even if, you know, this is what, seven seasons, I think it is now. Um, even if he doesn't make the 10 years... I, I, I'm veering towards giving him a testimonial if I had the choice. Yeah, but you don't do so. For fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I tell you what, though, if we don't go up, there'll be some Premier League teams looking at him because he's For just sure. so solid. Like, I'm, I'm surprised there hasn't been more interest. In he past. was, he was linked. Was it linked with West Ham? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the type of club you can see him playing at. Like, do you know what I mean? That similar sort of style to us, well, historically, they're playing some decent. Well, they conceded a few today, but. Um, you could see like clubs sniffing around for him if we don't go up. I'd be worried that he might go, but like I, like you said, he, he looks pretty settled. He, he knows what the club's about. Hopefully, you know he, he's happy where he is and has no intention of going anywhere. I'm, I'm looking back over his um, his career statistics. He's he's remarkably consistent. Um, ben, I know we've talked about him playing through injuries. Obviously, last season he, he had two broken wrists at one point, and he still managed to play 36 games. Um, going back to his first season, it's, it's 41 games, 30 games, 44 games, 39 games, 34 games, 36 games, 37 games. I mean, there were, there were times that season, obviously, he, his, um, his wife was posting on Instagram videos of him when he was absolutely knackered because he was playing two or three games a week in, in, in the Project Reset. Like you say, the guy's a warrior, right? And he's, he's just, I, I don't really have, much, you know, I, I'm running out of platitudes for him because I just think he's, he's been incredible this season, especially. Um, and, and it, like you say, if, if he does leave in the summer, how hard is he going to be to replace? You can't replace someone like that. Like, he's a natural leader and a character. It's something football lacks massively these days. And mm-hmm. sort of another reason why we're really lucky to have him at the time we have. We went through a long stage and it, it took him a time to get that character out to the fans as well. I think sort of for a long time, he was very reserved. He wasn't quite the cheeky chappy sort of. The most we saw from him was shitting in a doorway. We didn't see him testing the sort of getting that character out with red in sort of the breakfast cereals. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's a mental. Let, let, let's not forget about it as well. This bloke's not right. He set out a challenge to sort of eat every breakfast cereal. Yeah. In You've got to respect that, haven't you? Yeah. You've got to respect that side of that kind of foresight. And he, he, he admitted himself. He was like, "Then I realised there were hundreds of cereals, so I just tried to do it alphabetically." So what? <laughs> just, just walk us through his head for that. The video from Derby. The teeny yeah, tiny yeah. Willy situation. Everything about it, he just seems like a good bloke. He seems like a bit of a wrong and he seems like a bit of a laugh. 
but he leads in just such a superb way. Like yes, like yesterday, like there was a shot that sort of hit him at full pelt that was in the red basket. A, a centimeter, two centimeters away from him, sort of speaking an octave higher, hmm. and it's sort of the little look up, and it's, it's the little smiles, the little cheeky grins and stuff he does. Sort of that misses bollocks. He looks up at one of the teammates, sort of gave him a smile, saying that was close. Well, it was there were two moments, two moments yesterday, wasn't it? It was the header where he got on the end of the the cross where he clashed his cheeks with Ryan Bennett's head, um, and he, I thought that was him done because he was on the floor for a little while but he just got on with it the one in the bread basket he pulled his calf like I said just popped seven ibuprofen by the looks of things that got on with it it's just that kind of thing it just it shows his commitment doesn't it the only player I think's had more head injuries for Cardiff is Kevin McNaughton yeah you seem to get one every game I do remember right. I think there was a run of three games when McNaughton knocked himself out each time <laughs> <laughs> so it's just absolutely he must like half past five sort of when the adrenaline's worn off from a football match he sort of sits down. He must go, fuck it, it's now. <laughs> he must be so sore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot to mention this during the um during the actual wrap of the Swansea game, but I was I remember thinking before the game that the players just looked really relaxed. Obviously, we saw mm. on again on Instagram Morrison was just relaxing at home with his dog. And then when we came out, they were, they were playing Kanye West, all the lights, and Kiefer Moore was just like nodding along and singing along to it. It was like they, they seemed just like focused, but in the best way possible. They, they just got seemed it. like they got it, yeah. They, they they knew what was they had to do. They were focused on the task at hand, but they were relaxed enough to just do it, Tom. Yeah, like and listen to the build up. What seemed a masterstroke, solid gone into the camp the day before yeah. as well. And you know that that's clever as well. Do you know what I mean? If that's not going to get you up for the game, like having like another one of our leaders who's going through a lot at the moment, coming in and seeing the players the day before, like that you'd be you'd be wanting to run through brick walls for him. It, yeah. It's just like. Everything was pointing, like you said, they look relaxed. You had stuff like that going on as well, and that I think that and then that transferred on to me and the Modelo kept me. Calm. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't calm. I, 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 I texted one of the group chats. I said my my heart rate at one point was 117, and I was just sat on my sofa, like literally, just like I couldn't eat. I had a pizza, like. And I was like, right, I, at 15 minutes, I'll put the oven on so I can think about eating after the game. And then as soon as the game finished, it washed away. And I was starving because I hadn't eaten at all in about 90 minutes. Um, but yeah, I, the, the Sol Bamba thing, he was on Sky Sports um, just before the game. And um, he looked in great spirits, Ben. He looked smiling. He looked happy. Obviously, he was talking about his treatment and, and things progressing really well. And that was just, that was, you know, I think I tweeted, let's fucking do it for him. And the boys did, didn't they? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. They've got, Sol's one of the, another great character at the club. And he's he will go in there and get those boys up for it. The team talk's done there. When you see Saul walk through the door, tick on yeah, a derby day, derby weekend, saying, "Come on, lads, do it for me." Fucking, there's your team talk. That's all you need. It's a picture of him on the wall, and you're ready to run through walls. And you just that bloke is just what he's going through is above football. And fair play to the Jacks for sort of yeah wearing the I shirt. I did need to mention real, that real nice little touch. Yeah. There were two. There were two nice touches before the game. There was the the you know the race the, the coming together to kick out racism. I thought that was a really nice touch considering the things I've seen on mess, both sides of the message board and what Swansea mm-hmm. fans did relatively recently. And I think the Salt Bamba T-shirts thing was, you know, that's that that goes like you say it goes beyond football. And it was really nice to see um, from Swansea's perspective. So I think a big round of applause for the Swansea team and and the, the club for doing that. Um, let's get to the Twitter questions. Um, I mean, Twitter was a fun place to be last night, anyway, wasn't it? Um, but I think we've. The, the tweet asking for questions had 63 likes and there's a lot to get through here. A lot of comments, a lot of questions, whatever else. So I'm just going to go through them in any order, Tom. But I'll come to you first. 
Um, Benefactor, the rasping dog himself, Bakuna's biggest fan. Within four points of the playoffs, Mazda targets 75 points. A big ask. Do you reckon we can do it? Yes or no? And if we got there, who would you like to play over two legs? I think we can do it now. Um, you look at the, like, the, our, we've got a couple of weeks off, but that first weekend back, you've got, I think it's Bournemouth v Borough and Barnsley v Reading. That's the big weekend, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that, that, that game is so big, not just because of the derby, but like, we're not within four points going into the international break, but it could have been as much as 12. Like, yeah. it's kept our season alive, and now the momentum is with us. The, the, you know, the break has come at the right time as well, when you've got Sean Morrison popping seven ibuprofen and stuff <laughs> as well. You're like, it's, I'm confident again. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place anyway, as you know, with stuff like this, but it does seem to be like, falling into place for us now for the run-in. Eight games to go. And like we said, the last three games, if we're in with a shout, we, 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 the three, they couldn't have three easier games. So I, I, I've got a new wave of confidence now, definitely. And I don't know who do want to play with two legs. Um, obviously, it depends who's in there with you. But I, 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 I fancy us against anyone, really, apart from like Watford, if they dropped into it. The only two teams I don't fancy are Brentford or Watford from yeah. there. Yeah, that kind of top top five, if you will, because um, Brentford have got Ivan Tony, who's just got goals in him, and and yeah. Watford are probably the best team in the division, apart from Norwich, obviously. Um, yeah, and would you like to play Swansea? It's a no from me. I, t- I, I would now. Yeah, we've got, um, got a number now. Oh, I tell you what, as well, shout out to like Mark Denham on the commentary with a double what double bit after the game. If you if you haven't heard that, brilliant. yeah, absolutely brilliant. Great little sign off line, um, yeah. Ben. Uh, another one from Benefactor um, and goes into the international break. With Will Fox being overlooked harshly for the Wales squad, is he right to be disappointed and not getting called up considering his lads from a division or two lower? Um, Benny, Benefactor reckons he is, or if he's upset someone, that's why he's not getting called up. It's a bit harsh, isn't it? When you've got people like Dylan Levitt getting called up, who looks like a rat. How Levitt's in that squad is beyond me. It's clearly just the Man United link that's gone there. Because he's playing out in Croatia and he's fucking only played like 20 minutes out there. Mm. Him on that, it doesn't make sense. It's not like Levitt's any better... If, ben, if Levitt was sort of a prospect that he's sort of going, right, he's going to be a class football, he's great on the ball, then I'd understand it. But when he's played, he's not impressed me. And he's sort of been the one midfielder that could easily be dropped out of that. Um, Volk can be really, really feel hard done by that he's not involved in that squad. He's more than done enough. All right, there was sort of, it wasn't a massive dip in form, but sort of three weeks before he wasn't quite at the height he should be. But he's still above some of those teams and some of those players in that squad. He should be in that squad, and it's really, really, really hard done by not being in it. Like it is bollocks to be because he should be in it. But I, you can see why it's happened with Wales because they're like unbeaten in what like eleven competitive yeah. games or whatever it is, and they kept the squad largely the same, haven't they? He he got left out in an earlier camp as well, so it, it's kind of reward for those players who've been involved in those camps to keep them in there. But it is bollocks, especially. Will Volk is going to be training with Cardiff in the same fucking place as the Wales squad. It's going to be horrible for him. Waving over the... When Johnny Williams is getting called up, do you know what I mean? And he's not even playing for us. And Will Volk doesn't. It leaves. Johnny Williams is lovely though, isn't he? Yeah, but that's... Yeah, I know. And that's what it is. Lovely smile. The only only thing I think behind it is they're sort of keeping him as a spear in case Ramsey drops out. Because Ramsey's been named in the squad when he's an injury doubt. Uh, it's too big well, a squad. I think it's a massive squad. I oh, they played for the field, didn't they? Yeah. yeah well, like, break, break, breaking news on that front: Aaron Ramsey's not joining up, and James Lawrence has um, replaced him. 
Oh, well, I'll shove my fat fucking face then. <laughs> James Lawrence will meet up with the squad of Belgium due to cross-border quarantine restrictions. Is James Lawrence playing in Holland at the moment? No, he's... Um, St. Pauli, isn't he? Oh, St. Pauli. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, who did I ask? Tom, I come to you on this one. Uh, Josh Brown. Uh, Tom Sang podcast, playing like he's been at this level for years. I think the commentators mentioned he was training with United. We got him from United, didn't we? I think he came on, came from United to us. Yeah, well, he was definitely there. But yeah, he's got quality. Like you can tell, he's he's had, he's played some decent stuff at a decent club. Um, he's just he's got that kind of wave of confidence you don't always get with a young player who hasn't played much. Like he wants the ball, he's happy to keep hold of the ball, and that's why it does make sense playing him a right back because, like Mick said, he's got more time to have the ball in that position. But he just yeah. looks so assured, and like I wouldn't have expected that from a player who hasn't played that many minutes of uh, first team football, but. Yeah, he's been a breath of fresh air since he's come in. And like two, he's had two belting games in a row now. Uh, Josh Brown also said the worst hangover of his life. Um, yeah, Sean yeah. Collins says, a great performance, not as clinical as I'd have liked, but still very good. Defensively sound and hard work. Just what we want to see, especially when we aren't playing as well. Only one shot on target for the Jacks. Music to my ears with no decent striker to finish that chance. Uh, Blue1927, even when we won a couple of the previous Derby games, no coaching team have ever shown that sort of passion. They all wanted it. MM and TC just seemed to get football. Mozart and Flint were machines. Unearth another gem in Tom Sang. Uh, ben, how nice is it to see Mick McCarthy and TC almost in like synchronicity at the end, screaming as the final whistle went? It made me laugh. Um, me and Fee were watching it on the sofa after we'd stopped celebrating. They sort of showed us cut back to sort of McCarthy and TC when we scored. Mm-hmm. And it was very reserved and very sort of pump of the fist, sort of come on sort of thing, but nothing too wild to get carried away with, which I thought, which again, I think sort of the experience you get as a manager over a long period of time, you mm-hmm. know, the job's not done after eight minutes. You've got to keep your head and sort of not let the gap. Like if they lads see you going wild on the sidelines, they're going to sort of lose their heads a bit more than they did. Yeah. Never management, but a full time. Oh, they went for it. And it was they just really went for it. It's really, really sort of just, Good feelings, doesn't it? It's just sort of one of those ones that's like, oh, yeah, they get it as well. They understand what this means to us. I think TC's fast becoming a bit of a cult hero in our eyes, isn't he? Um, you know, I don't think we've ever had such an uh, affiliation with an assistant manager. Obviously, in the Warnock, he had like uh, Jepson and um, uh, was it Black- Kevin Blackwell? Yeah, Blackwell. But like, we didn't seem to give a shit about them like we did Warnock. But now we almost seem to care more about, we're like, what's TC doing? What's he doing with Murphy at the end of the game? That kind of stuff. We seem to care more about him than we do McCarthy. There are I two, though, and they, they go, they, they're a pair. Like, yeah, that's why yeah. it works, doesn't it? It's, yeah, it's perfect. And it's just, it's just so nice to see, just as a club, people get it now. And that's all fans wanted, is people who get it. You had the huddle after the game with the players as well. And you Lovely. could, like, it was just, they get it. That's as simple as that, isn't it? It's, it's just class to see. It's what you want, because I think, sort of, get the feeling, like, Warnock understood the club. I think, sort of, Blackwell, sort of, you listen to, sort of, what fans, uh, ex-players, sort of, say, after working with him is, he seems to think he's above a lot of things. He doesn't seem like, He's not popular with the squad, Blackwell. He's the bad guy and is happy yeah. to be that black guy, bad, bad guy um, more than anyone. So if he relishes in that role, he's just a bit of a dick. So when he moves on, I don't think players are gutted to see him leave. Whereas sort of, you can see with sort of the work TC's doing with stuff. Someone like Josh Murphy is a prime example. Yeah. He's arm round them, but gives them a bollock at the same time. And when eventually the time comes for him to move on, if Murphy or whoever's at the club, that's going to make a difference. They're going to be gutted. Johnny Williams, part of the reason you can see sort of faith Johnny Williams they had in Johnny Williams and the revival they did for him at Ipswich. Yeah. Um, he built a strong sort of relationship with them there. And that sort of shows the kind of bloke he is. 
Uh, Gonzo McKenzie, we probably need to aim to win six of the final seven if we're trying to for the playoffs. So do we take a risk and rest Kiefer to keep him fresh for games like Reading and Brentford or just we keep going as we are and keep everything crossed? It's the question, isn't it? And I think we'll come to that in the international break about Kiefer Moore because obviously he's going away with Wales, but we do need to rest him up. Um, Tim Burns, uh, Ben, I'll come to you. Did I ask you the list for this one last time? It doesn't matter. Uh, where will Sang end up? NG has right back. Can Sang be the creative midfield behind 10 we need? His passing and distribution impressive from right back. Um, he, I'd like to see him give a go in midfield, Ben, but I, I like him at right back. Yeah, I don't think I want to see him move from right back. We need that cover. He's going to save us a lot of money in the transfer window if that's sort of where he goes. Um, I'm going to be sort of put a downer on it. I don't think NG's going to be at the club long. I really don't. I think, I think the way he's gone, I think he's destined for the Premier League in the next year or two. And it's Using us as a stepping stone. Disgusting. We're destined as well, mate. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. We'll be go. We'll be up there with him next year. But I think, yeah, that's he's the natural sort of fit to replace NG if NG does sort of hit the heights I expect him to over the next year or two. Uh, Blue fly by. Siege like defending. Glorious and Steve frustrating that lot. Epic goal. Glorious bounce at the end with the circle celebration. What a victory. But and always a but. Feck me that second half and our complete and utter lack of control in the middle. We have to be better in that area next season. Alan Grimes. I just love football. Uh, the Bob Bank Village says emotionally it's like day two of a three day stag do. Still absolutely buzz in mind. Uh, Toggers says, and we've got a couple of questions here, Tom. Kiefer making silly mistakes in front of goals in the last two games just show how tired he must be. His legs couldn't carry him from the 60 minutes onwards. With no break for internationals, is it sensible to give Waters, Harris, Colwell, or Kieran Evans their chance to start? Tom, do you think that we need to, do we need to do something with Colwell and Waters? Waters? Waters in that spot? It, it all depends, doesn't it, on this international break. Perhaps they won't play Kiefer like in some, in, well, he won't play the friendly against Mexico no. uh, in the middle. Um, Mexico, no way. And um, I'm, I'm assuming he'll play both the other games, but we don't know. They might not start him. They didn't start him in a couple of the games um, in recent fixtures because he didn't fit what they were trying in that game. So perhaps they'll see he's fucking knackered and give him a break for that first game against Belgium. Who knows? So yeah, it depends what happens in those Wales games, but. I don't think you can throw... I don't think we've got anyone who can come in instead of him at the moment, but... Colwell's a big lad. He might be able to try something with Colwell. Colwell's yeah. what, six, six or three. He might, he might not be as good as Kiefer Moore, but he might occupy the defenders in the same way. I think we've got to be clever. Like we, I think it was stupid against Derby. When we took as much of a lead as we did, Moore should have been pulled off earlier. You, I think yeah. we've, got to, we've got to be a bit... like Mick's got to use his head there and bring him off when we can. Like if we take two, a two-goal lead, bring them off, give give some fresh legs a go. But yeah, it, we're not going to drop him away. We're not going to no. drop him. We can't drop him. No, and I think he wants to get. Him. I think he wants to get to twenty goals for the, before the season's done as well. And he's on. Yeah, 16, of course. Right? Yeah. Um, Tog has also said Ben. Also, the entire defense was immense. Good rhyming. Sang looks an excellent prospect, and he's gone. Kieran Brown, the nineties magician. So no, I saw that. That's brilliant. Magician. That's an excellent shout, right? You can imagine yeah. with like a turtle neck. Like, um, he's very solid and capable of passing the ball. And with the other lads coming through, are we on the verge of a golden generation, Ben? Feels like it, doesn't it? It feels better than it has done in a long, long time. Golden generation might be a bit of a stretch, but Christ, we've got options now. Golden generation for us, right? By 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 um in, by perspective, anything's golden generation. If we yeah, just one player. player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last 10 years, yeah, we've not had anything, so... Yeah, look, it's something to be really proud of seeing these boys come through and sort of make the step up and sort of 
not just make the step up and sort of it's it's all well and good playing them. You've sort of seen the teams like QPR done a lot of putting play youth players in and not really stop seeing and think, yeah, they're youth players, but they're not really good enough. These yeah. are lads that have come in at the right time and they're just more proven they're more than good enough and more than ready. And that's the refreshing thing to say. And that's the important bit when it comes to bringing these youngsters through. Uh, Dylan Kingston, my head hurts a lot. My heart hurts more than more. I think I'm genuinely in love with Tom Sang. What a performance, what a boy. Uh, Hugh Kinsey, the liberty is a dance floor. Um, CCFC Ollie, Ollie James says, all plaudits to you boys. Thank you. Uh, you said Flinty was due a goal on the Watford are, are shit at shit housing pod. They really are. Really, we shouldn't be thanking Mick. We should be thanking the VFTN. Almighty VFTN. Well then, boys. Uh, James Roberts, uh, don't think I could wake up happier. Phenomenal team effort. All I asked for was the team to turn up and they did. Only concern I have now is when does Kiefer get a break? I worry he might burn out. We're all with you there. Uh, Di Doniol, it might be a one-off in the run-up to the end of the season, but Christ, it was beautiful. Um, Ryan Thomas, uh, I, maybe this is a, a, a maths question for us. How many beers were consumed? Uh, ben, I'll come to you first. <laughs> Solid thinking face from Ben here. I can't think of how many I went through. I went through a lot. I, I didn't start drinking until full time. But um, yeah, I think I, I got through quite a few. I've got two cans left. And I can't remember how many I had left before I had before we started. So yeah, fair few. Tom? Um, I got through 17, but um, I have one beer left called Jackhammer that I was keeping for when we won. Um, but um, Sarah saw it was seven percent and took it off me. <laughs> I, I went through, I've got I this through. image of her taking it off you. Your face is in the trifle, and you've got the bottle in your hand. She just pulls up and goes, No, it's not far off, mate. Uh, I, I went through 10, 10 beers, half a bottle of Prosecco. Um, and I think that's when I called it at night. I, I wish I had. I've, I've got to give a shout out to my mate Carl. Um, at last count, I heard from him, he was a bottle of wine down and 12, count, uh, 12 uh, bottles of Stella. Top of any run. Um, I, almost, I almost got the cognac out afterwards, but um, I decided against it. I just didn't need it at that point. Uh, Pete Davis, Steve Cooper is a classless twat. Mick is a top bloke and a top manager for us. First derby we've actually shown what it means and outbattled the Jacks since 2013. Bodies on the line stuff, but all fantastic. But shout out to the back five who are immense. Uh, CCFC Josh, where are we putting the statue of Aiden Flint? Tom, where are you putting the statue of Aiden Flint? Um, a front garden. I don't have a garden. I live in a flat, that's bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had a garden. <laughs> uh, ben, where would you put the statue of Aiden Flint? Your garden. I haven't got a garden either. No, I live in a flat. I haven't got anything. Uh, Bluebirds passed. What a difference in performance from the last two derby games. The boys battled and really fought for everything and defensively were magnificent. Really pleased for Aiden Flint after, after the stick he's already had. I have already apologised. Fancy Swansea in the playoffs? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no thanks. <laughs> uh, Nathan L, CCSC, feared the worst when the lineups came out. Thought we'd really miss NG, but the back five was superb. Seen people say we didn't deserve it, but ultimately we had the best chances and they had one shot on target. South Wales is blue. Uh, Ashley Gifford, I know Brown is out of contract, but is Sang on a deal to the end of the season? Surely I forget these contracts signed up. And Tim Wagner has replied saying, we've got the option of an extra year with Brown. I'm not only looking to give him that, but extending it for two years. That's a centre half sorted for them. I think Sang runs uh, runs until 2022. So in theory, I think Sang's definitely here for another season after this one. I hope we keep uh, Brown. Simon, 1927, Tom Sang is a revelation. That second half is probably the most uncomfortable half of all time. Um, yep. I agree. Uh, Luke S27, we should probably spend time looking for Ollie McBurney and Lee Trundle because they haven't been seen since. Same for Sam Roden. 
Um, Joey Wills, I am fucked. Uh, Healy, <laughs> back on it. Fucking get in there, City, and congratulations to the French. A lovely little win. Prince Charles is gutted. Um, I was going to talk about the international break beyond, but I think we've kind of covered that, really. Um, the only thing we need to worry about is Kiefer Moore, right, Ben? Yeah. That, um, three games, I think, Wells have got. Belgium, Mexico, and Czech, Czech Republic. Republic yeah. yeah look, if he cannot go anywhere near the pitch for the Mexico game, at the very least, that would be perfect. Because that poor bastard is running on empty. Part of me thinks the reason he missed that shot and didn't put his laces through it is because that's as hard as his legs to kick the fucking ball. Yeah. He's just... Bollocks. He's so tight, his hair sometimes falls out of place. I know. Whoa, not sure about that. Is, is that and that's a real sign. Yeah, it happened in the last Ooh. game. It was a bit floppy. Um, <laughs> floppy. Um, Tom, obviously, you're, you know, you're a big Wales fan. Um, at this stage, big Wales fan. Huge Wales fan here, Tom Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a test of your allegiances, right? Because you want Wales to do well, and Kiefer Moore is a talisman for Wales, but at this stage, are you putting club ahead of country? No, I can't. No, I, I, I think this is honest answer. Yeah, he's got. I think from a Wales point of view, I think he's got to start that Belgium game because we need like a tall focal point up there. You know, we, we need an escape because we're not going to see much of the ball. We're going to play a lot like we do at Cardiff in that game. But I think, yeah, you just don't play him against Mexico. And to be honest, perhaps you don't play him against Czech Republic. We see how he fares in the first game. But I, I can't put club before country. But it just, it might be beneficial for us not to play him. Like, we'll see. I don't think they're going to do much of them in training over the next few days. Because Mick will be down the veil anyway, telling him he's fucked, mate. Keep an eye yeah. on him. Just watching Keep over it, the fence. Get off, get yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, get watching off, over Keith. the fence. Yeah, sending Will Vox over instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Will Vox's hair is all of a sudden manicured and lovely. It's like, there's Keeper, big Keeper. Um, I think I think maybe we talk about the rest of the season in a in a in an international break podcast special while we've got time. But um, this has been a bumper pod already, and I think we round off with the VFTN Hall of Fame. As usual, uh, we put our favourite things up for a vote. And whatever wins the vote goes into the Newfoundlandian Hall of Fame, rounding off our favourite bits of Cardiff City history, trivia, memorabilia, whatever else. Ben, um, I know who won, uh, but do you want to read out the results? Yeah, so in the hashtag VFTNHOF, hashtag SWD special. Yeah, that's South Wales Derby for those uh, who don't know. Catchy yeah, I didn't know what that meant then. Catchy <laughs> <laughs> or what? Um, yeah, so it was... Um, I feel like it was the right results, but I feel it went, it happened the wrong way. So when I put these tweets out, I tag our personal accounts in it. So oh, at the oh. Ben Price, you know, Tom, whatever yours is, and then your personal account, not the other view from the Ninian account with thousands of followers. 5,919. Yeah. More than the actual podcast Twitter account. Yeah. So it's history, baby. No, I get that. It's fine. You had it. You used it. I'm not bitter. I'm just disappointed. You sound bitter. All right, I fucking am, because I thought I was going to win it until you did that, you prick. Mm -hmm. I was 2% ahead. You put a quote tweet out with, and to be honest, the other factor was the better picture as well. The video you sent me to use before wasn't exactly the best. The actual footage of... Exactly. Derek. So I was, at a, I was at a disadvantage from the start. I'm glad you, you disadvantaged did. yourself. This wasn't me getting a name oh. wrong like I tried to do with Tom. This was your own doing 
Anyway, but what was first, the result? In first place was the Jared crying celebration with yes. 60% of the votes. And at the time I quoted you that you were right, it was 38% to you, 36% to me. And I, I managed to gerrymander it that, so I deserve some praise. I can't say much. After what was the week I did the Bellamy thing? And sort of <sighs> shit house. I, I think I've yeah, been you... Bellamy up about four times in the week on the Twitter account. You did shit house it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so all right, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the piss a bit, but. Yeah, it, I came second then with David Marshall's save. And Superkev versus Beaker got 18%. Thank you. So you finally got a win. I yeah, think, my first actually, win in a while. I'm very happy. Lord, what a sad little life. Didn't even know. I, <laughs> for those who, who want to know the, the commitment I have to um, Cardiff City Twitter accounts, I was decorating and I took a 10-minute break from decorating yesterday to make two memes of uh, that Dear Lord, What a Sad Little Life, Jane. One with the Swansea badge as the Dear Lord, What a Sad Little Life and one as the Cardiff badge as Jane and the other one vice versa. And I didn't even tweet them at the end of the game <laughs> because I got too excited <laughs> about tweeting other stuff. So that's how com- committed we are to that. Um, so we'll do the view from the Indian Hall of Fame this week. Um, I kind of put the nomination in for everyone. Um, so as I won, um, I think I'll go first, um, as is only fair. Um, and my nomination for this week for the view from the Indian Hall of Fame is Aidan Flint's goal from the Derby yesterday. Um, for a man who gets a lot of goals, he hasn't got a lot of goals this season, and I think he's been conscious of that. Uh, I don't think there's a better time, really, to score your first goal of the season, but also the manner of the goal. A diving header. It's like a dying art. You don't see them anymore. And I think... <laughs> there's a brilliant moment where the ball bounces out from the keeper's save and like Kiefer Moore's trying to go for it. Marlon Pack's a bit shocked at what happened and all you see is Kiefer Moore look to his left as Aidan Flint launches himself to the ball head first and he puts some power behind that ball to take it out. Like I thought Conor Roberts got a touch on it but it was so quick that Conor Roberts had reacted after the ball had gone past him. So, um, and it won the derby. So I'm going to go for Aidan Flint's winner on Saturday as my nomination for this week's view from the Indian Hall of Fame. Uh, ben, you're next. So I'm going for Aidan Flint's goal in the South Wales derby as well. It's a great choice. Like, like you said, diving header, anything for a diving header and a derby win like that. It's just exactly what you need out of a, out of a sort of Hall of Fame pick. It's perfect. You've got the classic football with the diving header and you're beating the Jacks. It is the mm-hmm. ultimate Hall of Fame pick. So that's what I'm going for. Perfect. And time to round it off this week. Uh, apparently, I'm also going for Aidan Flint's goal. In the South Wales Derby, I'm glad they am because I forgot to actually fit, pick one for myself. Um, but it was yeah, it was just such a good goal. Like the the awareness to get in the position he did um, to be there for that second ball, and then just the celebrations after. You've got the picture you've got of Flint on the floor. You've got Moore with his arms aloft behind him, and then the way they run to the corner, Effin and Jeffin. You've got <laughs> jumping all over Flint again. It, it was just perfect. And ah, uh, I've watched this so many times today. Just, yeah. And with like different types of commentary. I've seen it with the Titanic music. The Titanic I've seen it with Reese Bish. I've seen it with yeah, I've seen it with the Reese Bish thing over the top, which is fucking hilarious. It, I, I and I probably will watch it another three times before bed again. So yeah, I'm going for Aiden Flint's goal against the Jacks. Amazing. So this week's nomination will be going out Wednesday, Thursday this week, Ben. Uh it'll be Wednesday. <laughs> Got a lot to be so, so keep keep an eye. Yeah, we'll see about that. Keep, keep an eye on our Twitter Friday. page. 
Twitter.com <laughs> forward slash VFT Ninian. That's Twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian for the VFTN Hall of Fame. Use, use the hashtag VFTNHOF and you can look back uh, at all the nominations we've had so far. Um, and I, I just want to round off uh, the podcast, the uh, international break. Uh, so we have a lovely little break from uh, Cardiff City. Um, but I think I, there's a lesson to be learned from yesterday's games and particularly from Reese Fish. Um, a few people have always said, why don't you, I don't know, do live streams of you watching the game and all that kind of stuff. And Reese Fish is exactly why you don't fucking do it. That moment lives on in infamy. The fact that Aidan Flint quote tweeted it saying, I've never been called a scruff before. And Marlon Pack is now commenting on Aidan Flint's photos going, not bad for a two pound scruff. Shows how infamous you can make yourself instantly. Uh, it's probably what he wants and fair play to him. Um, he's kind of, you know, made himself a little bit famous, but it's just the kind of thing that I could never live with, that embarrassment. Um, this, is, you like this, what... is, this, this is the most embarrassing he's got since he was caught wanking in a pair of boots. <laughs> That's true, he was, yeah. <laughs> um, ben, pleasure having you on again this week, mate. Um, what are you going to do in the international break? I'm going to watch a lot of international football. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Going in, it's the, I think it's the first international break we've had this season where we're going in on a high and everyone's really happy and it just feels good. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it and hopefully see Wales qualify for the blood-soaked World Cup in 2022. Of course. And Tom, I presume you'll be doing the same? Well, yeah, I booked two weeks off hoping I could go to the games and just haven't bothered cancelling my time off. So <laughs> I'm going to be <laughs> a lot of just watching Aidan Flint's goal over and over again. Just At least we've got like two weeks now of enjoying this as well before yeah. Cardiff ruin our dreams again. So, yeah, going to watch a lot of international football and a lot of Flint repeats. So... Happy days. Happy days indeed. All right. Thanks for joining us again this week. We'll see you when we see you. Bye-bye. Right. Nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get a ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now? All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN, to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. TN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>